you know, we've been putting off this episode, not intentionally, but just like we haven't recorded in a while. We've been, you know, uh, uh, trying to find different dates. So like it's been what, almost three weeks since our last episode, uh, if not more than that. Yeah. And so at, yeah, and so as as we're getting ready for for the show, I'm like, okay, f- finally we're we're recording an episode. Uh, as I was sitting down, right as I was about to connect to the the group chat, I realized that I didn't think of anything to talk about today. Like I usually try and have at least one or two topics. I know we don't need them, but it's just like you know, maybe, <laughs> maybe if like I need to rant or something, I can always have that prepared. But nope, today just I, I don't know. We'll see where it goes. like it seems everything we're just kind of flying by the seat of our pants um <laughs> the the nfl playoffs we're recording this on a saturday the playoffs are happening today uh last week the unthinkable happened and the cleveland browns the browns is the browns won a playoff game so we we have to mm-hmm. talk about that um because i just i I don't know if this is a sign of the end times. <laughs> I don't know if I should be prepared for what's to come. But the Cleveland Browns currently have a path to the mm-hmm. Super Bowl. Darn right they do. Well, so one half of the official Q4 Super Bowl prediction is still yeah. alive. Unfortunately, yeah, the other the, half didn't really work yeah. out. Unfortunately, uh, the, as well as we were hoping. The, but the Cowboys kind of fell flat on their face. But Cleveland can still make it dude I of the two teams if we talked about at the beginning of the season if we were like which which of the two teams do we expect (laughs) to be better and to make the playoffs definitely what is regarding their respective divisions I I would have thought yeah I would have thought Cleveland absolutely (laughs) if you took me back 10 years (laughs) if we if we jump back to the year 2011 and you told me that in 2021 we would be watching the Cleveland Browns on a seemingly unstoppable march (laughs) to the Super Bowl would have slapped you in the face two things one how is 2011 already 10 years ago right uh and Two, uh, unstoppable March might be a little premature. Uh, unstoppable because March. they're playing a certain unstoppable. Okay, I'm just, the Browns look fantastic. I just don't think they're like the unstoppable juggernaut. Uh, they are that everybody. And I just I I, I want them to win. I don't, this is a hard part because I, I I really like three of the four teams in the AFC. I like the the Browns, the Bills, and the Chiefs. And I, I like the Ravens, too. Uh, so, like, I, I can't really decide who I want to make it the Super Bowl because I, I would love to see all three of them make it. Whereas on the NFC side, I have no idea. I really don't like any of the teams left, um, particularly today's yeah. game. Green Bay versus uh, the Rams. For you. Get that garbage <laughs> out of here. Is, is there any way we can have like a two AFC team Super Bowl? Like if the. Browns and Chiefs could th- could we just make that the Super Bowl or Browns and Bills get rid of the, the merger <laughs> go back to pre-merger I only want the AFL championship this year that's what it was like uh in the I NBA it's been like that I, it's been kind of like well there's not really any good teams from the east let's just have a western conference NBA finals and yeah that's that's how I feel too I'd rather just see the AFC teams play it out well, and, I think and that's what's like worse is that it's not because the NFC teams are bad, like as in the way that they play football. They're bad because they're stupid and we <laughs> hate them. Yeah, because like, you, like the Packers and the Saints, the fact that almost every year I have to watch one of those teams in the playoffs fills me with a seething rage, unlike anything <laughs> else. Uh, and that's the, like like the, the the Packers, the Saints, and I'd say the Buccaneers all have a better than average shot of making it to and winning the Super Bowl. There's not one team that is significantly better than the other in the remainder of the playoff field. I'd say there are a couple of teams, maybe one team in particular, that really doesn't belong. Yeah. 
and that's the Rams, uh, just because <laughs> they were kind of stuttering there uh, toward the end. And, you know, Jared Goff is still playing with a broken thumb. Uh, and, you know, they got uh, they did pretty well uh, against the Seahawks last week. I'd say they got kind of lucky there, too. Uh, but going up against Green Bay, I think that luck runs out. But yeah, so I mean, most likely you're going to see one of three teams, Green Bay, New Orleans or Tampa Bay, making it most likely New Orleans or Green Bay. And it just makes me very, very, very sad. OK, I did think of something. I just thought of something here and I need you guys to um, uh, validate me uh, if, because we, I was talking to Christian uh, a couple of days ago. It was right. At the, oh, no, sorry. Last week at the start of the playoffs and Christian has been on the like he's he's been the conductor of the the train opposite of the Packers hype train. <laughs> like he hates the Packers calling them, you know, yeah, the worst team in the league. Uh, our friend Zane from high school uh, was a diehard Vikings fan throughout high school. As soon as he moves to college, he goes to college at uh, Wisconsin River Falls. Uh, and meets a girl, oh. lovely, lovely girl. Her, her name's Brooke, but love her to death. I still get um, mad about but, this. I uh, know what's coming, and I'm still Brooke, mad. Brooke is from Wisconsin, and she successfully converted Zane to a cheesehead. Like, incredibly easy, too. Like, like it was too easy for Zane to renounce his, his Vikings fandom there. And so Christian's been on board, uh, you know, has been calling Zane a traitor for the last, you know, five or six years, and deservedly As so. That's right, for yes. sure. Zane is a traitor. So fast forward to last weekend. Uh, I'm sitting at work. I'm talking to Christian about the football matchups uh, during one of my breaks. And Christian says, you know what? I think the Packers might be my favorite team in the NFC field this year. I wouldn't be too (laughs) bummed if they made it to the Super Bowl. And I'm like, no. What is this? Dude. That's not how this works. You can't have it both ways. You can't be leading the charge saying the Packers suck and calling Zane a traitor for forsaking his fandom of the Vikings. And then once the Packers are like good consistently saying, eh. Actually, they're not all that bad. Yeah, I, I have like, I, I don't have a problem with someone who's like, you know what? I don't really care who wins, but I'm I'm rooting for the Packers to win or I'm rooting for the Chiefs to win or whatever. Like, that's fine. But if if it's like, oh, you know what? I kind of like the Packers. And like if it's what I'm saying, let me clarify what I'm saying is in the Super Bowl. If it's like, oh, who do you want to win? Well, I, I hate this team less. So I'd rather have this team win. But when it's the Packers, I feel like you kind of have to draw the line a little bit and just be like you just can't yeah, ever and there's there's a distinct difference between watching the super bowl and deciding that it'll be more fun to watch it if you're rooting for mm-hmm. one of the teams and saying at the beginning of the playoffs hey this team i've hated for so long i actually want them to win the super bowl yeah that, i have a hard time with that like it when it comes to the packers saints because we all know it'll probably come down to packers saints in the championship game and unfortunately, everyone has to pick one of those to say, I'd rather this team win. And I would rather both teams be hit by a meteor and be wiped off the face of the earth uh, to be erased from our existence and from our memories to never speak of 2009 ever again. Um, but unfortunately, that's probably not going to happen. And one of those teams will be playing in the Super Bowl. And... To begrudgingly choose which one you'd rather win is one thing. But to go into Packers Saints and say, I'm rooting for the Packers because I actually kind of like them is a betrayal of everything we stand for here at the Q4 podcast. Exactly. Because I, I totally condone the lesser of two evils argument. Like the matchup today, Rams versus Green Bay. Uh, both of those teams are in my bottom four. Uh, they're they're <laughs> at the the top of the hate list. You have Washington, Pittsburgh, uh, the Rams, and Green Bay. And so I think I'm not actively rooting for either of them, but I hate the Packers ever so slightly less than the Rams. So I guess in that sense, you know, I would I would be more okay if the Packers won than the Rams won, but. I would much prefer that both of the teams suffer a 2-2 draw uh, that the NFL has to cancel because the game goes on for three days and they can't do anything. Everyone is physically exhausted. You've gone through all of your backups and league says, OK, this is ridiculous. Whoever wins New Orleans, Tampa Bay just gets a bye to the Super Bowl because neither of you are worthy of playing in the NFC championship. Yeah, you, we need we need a matchup like the 
Super Bowl a couple years ago where it ends like 10-7 and Roger Goodell decides that the ratings were so bad that people stopped like actively watched something else in favor of finishing this game and because the NFL would lose money by one of those teams moving on they just cancel <laughs> it they just say sorry you're you're done yeah. you, know, you know what I don't understand like talking about specifically the NFC like honestly if Regardless of who goes from the AFC, I will be rooting for the AFC team over the NFC team. Um, obviously, if the Browns somehow David versus Goliath tomorrow and and go on, like obviously be rooting for the Browns in the AFC championship. But I, like what I don't understand is the collective organization of the Seattle Seahawks. I just don't like one week there was I think it was like week five or six we had a podcast and it was when Seattle was either five and one or four and one or something like that. And I'm like, how how do you even beat this team? Like, there's no way to beat this team. The running game is great. DK Metcalf is like on a tear and no one can guard him. Russell Wilson is Russell Wilson. And then it's like you watch the game last week and and dare I say, the Seahawks are almost Minnesota-esque. Like, you, there's weeks where you watch and you're like, oh my God, how, like, how can this team lose? And then you watch a game like last week and you're like, okay, the Rams have every quarterback that they have is broken in some sense of the word. How, like, <laughs> how are the Seahawks, they, they gave up like 140 yards rushing to Cam Akers. If you're looking at that, Jared Goff has a broken thumb. Uh, Wolford or whatever <laughs> is left on a stretcher and went to the freaking hospital and you give up 131 yards rushing like how are you not just saying at that point and i know this is simplifying it like i'm gonna put 11 people in the box throw the ball with a broken thumb jared and like i just don't understand how the seahawks lose games like this it just it is beyond me and especially to the I have a theory arguably one of the worst teams left in the playoffs like outside of Washington but I just don't I don't understand the Seahawks at all so so I have a theory and part of this will carry into the next thing I want to talk about which is the head coaching changes that have happened around Mm, the league but my theory is that every team that beats the Minnesota Vikings in a crushing playoff loss takes a little bit of the Vikings mojo Mm. with them and are doomed to suffer okay. in the same way. Think about, yep. in recent memory, the teams that have delivered crushing losses to the Vikings either on missed field goals, a.k.a. Atlanta and Seattle, or uh, crushing in a <laughs> different way, where the Saints <laughs> killed Brett Favre, and then the Eagles beat them 38-7. to Now think about those four teams. Think about what's happening to them now, Right? Eagles are a dumpster fire. Atlanta is even bigger of a dumpster fire. Seattle loses in the first round, even though they're one of the best teams in the NFL. The Saints in the last three years have lost consecutively on the last play of the game in the playoffs. And I have no doubt that it will happen again tomorrow, that Tom Brady will throw a Hail Mary to Gronk as time expires, and the Saints will lose once again. Because they have taken that Vikings mojo. I think I think they're you yeah, can't I think tell there's me something to that. I mean, those are four pretty pretty undeniable cases that you you brought to the forefront. It's the Saints exactly. are weird to me. Like I I don't think I hate the Saints as much as I should. Because it's like I, it's weird. I go through ups and downs with them. It's like, oh, the Saints, you know, they're pretty good. Drew Brees is a good guy, and then he has comments like he did at the beginning of the year, and then you're like, oh, okay, well, I don't really like them anymore. And then it's like, okay, well, like, Elvin Kamara is really good. He's fun to watch. Michael Thomas is good. Oh, Michael Thomas is physically fighting people at practice. And then it's like, okay, well, I don't like them anymore. And then it's they're just so weird, and it's really hard for me to figure out who I hate the least out of the NFC for who I want to go to the Super Bowl. Because I, I honestly think it doesn't really matter. I'm going to hate whoever ends up there. But it's just weird. I'm I'm on th- on the record. I okay. <clears throat> I will be upset if it happens, but I will be less upset if this happens than anything else. 
Buccaneers. Yeah, oh, yeah, I think that's yeah. Just because if if we watch if we watch Tom Brady do his thing and prove it's like yeah he's in his forties still killing it, like all right. At least I can begrudgingly accept that I'm watching something really great happen rather than watching the New Orleans Saints or the Green Bay Packers. Because let's be honest, the Rams no. don't have a chance. Like, I'm not even going to throw, throw the Rams into this conversation <laughs> because they, they're not going to make it. Yeah. There is no plausible situation in which they do. And because I have said that, now they will. <laughs> but I'm going to maintain this opinion until they do. Also, I'm going to make it on the record right now. The Wild aren't going to win a single game this season. I'm going to say that now so that they go Wait, on they a just, tear. Didn't they just win last night or two nights ago? Okay. Yeah, they did. From here on yeah, out. Yeah, they did. Kirill Kaprizov is like the epitome of a chef's kiss, and I'm very, very Dude, happy about it. Not to, uh, that's a yeah, different I was conversation. Say, like, not to detract totally. Anthony LaPanza is really good. He's like, he sounds really good. Okay. I okay, okay. <laughs> um, I am, as I have been every year since two thousand, cautiously optimistic. Ah, hate that term about this wild season, which means they will probably not make the playoffs because I that they've given the state of Minnesota hope, and if they do that, they have to tear it away. But I'm I'm holding on to it. And I know this is just setting me up for pain. I know this Max is how it Kepler always GIF works. Coming in hot, yeah. <laughs> oh my god. So, okay, I didn't. I didn't mean to take us away from football because no, I have a question for your your family here. So, um, uh, of course, I, I can't remember if it's Nick or Christian. I think it's. Is it Nick who is an Eagles fan or is it Christian? Nick's okay. Eagles fan. So Christian is the fan of whichever team wins the Super Bowl. Okay. Well, hey, and then he <laughs> wins course. every year. You know. And <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So. Um, Although now, evidently, he's a Packers fan. So, <laughs> yeah, really flavor of the month. Um, so, oh, yeah. d- does Nick have any insight? And and I'm going to do my best to not to not curse here. To what the heck is happening in Philadelphia right now? Like you know, we were actually talking about this uh, a few days ago. Let me see if I can find the the text conversation. Uh, yeah, so I sent. Uh, so Doug Peterson was fired on Monday. So by the time this episode airs, probably sometime last week. Um, and so just sent a headline saying, you know, Doug Peterson reportedly fired as Eagles head coach. First thing Nick Nick texts back is, I think Carson stays. Okay. Yep. And so I th- yep. I think that in and of itself was probably the the biggest question doug peterson's it seemed like there was already tension rising between doug peterson and the front office i think nick said at some point he threatened to quit like the the year before uh because of some personnel decisions or or non-decisions that were or were not made um and then let's see the Full quote from Nick here. I understand why they did it, given how bad it was in the locker room this season. I'm a little surprised that they pulled the trigger so quickly, though. Usually winning a Super Bowl and making the playoffs three straight years would give you a little leeway. And I think I, you know, you go. Oh, yeah. I'm just going to say, I think you definitely a lot of people were expecting more leeway just because Doug Peterson has been so successful in his five years. But I do think that the Eagles front office is the best front office in the NFC East. I think consistently they put together the best rosters. Whether or not those rosters perform is another story. Um, but I think Harry Roseman and and uh, Jeff Lurie, their owner, consistently put together a, a competent roster of talent that has the best chance every year to go win the NFC East. And so when you have a coach who doesn't gel with that vision, who kind of creates some tension in the locker room. Obviously, we saw that that worked really well. <laughs> they, they won a Super Bowl, for crying out loud, beating the New England Patriots at the, at the height of their power. Um, obviously, when it works well, it works really well. But when it doesn't, this season happens. There's quarterback controversy. The Eagles are, what, they finished the season 4-10-1, 4-11-1, uh, whatever it was. And, yeah, I think a lot of times... Coaches don't get a lot of leash 
I don't think they get as much of a second chance as they should. Uh, how many coaches have we seen go one and done where they're yeah. hired, uh, they suck for a year and then they're fired. Um, but I think in this case, even though this was Doug Peterson's first bad season, it was not going to be his last with Philadelphia. I think the the seeds of discontent and the just kind of the uneasiness was not going to get any better, particularly when you have a quarterback controversy and a starting quarterback who you're paying, uh, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars over the next few years um, when he's struggling this bad. It's not going to get any better. So I think the Eagles were actually quite smart in in moving on from Doug Peterson at this moment. They had great success with him. Doug Peterson will be a good head coach or coordinator for some other team in the National Football League. The the relationship between the Eagles and Doug Peterson, though, was it ran its course. It, short, fantastic. Eagles fans will remember him forever as the, the coach who was able to bring a Super Bowl back to Philly. But there was nothing more they could do together. So do you think do you think it was I, the last straw <clears throat> what happened what, uh, like two weeks ago? I was about to say it. The, the, yeah, the, I, he would have absolutely had so much leeway. He would not have been fired if he didn't take hurts. I don't know, except for that last game. I don't think so. Purposefully losing a game, purposefully losing as a middle finger to another team. I don't think it, that's that's irreparable. I, I don't think it was because of that. First off, I don't think Doug Peterson lost the game to like not let the Giants in. I mean, sorry. If you're the Giants, then why did he? Why did he pull his starting quarterback on the last drive? Draft position. If you lose that mm. game, you move up for uh, I think it was like five or six picks. And so no, I I don't think. It, first off, if you're the Giants and Giants fans, suck it up. Your team wasn't good enough to make it to the playoffs on their own accord. You shouldn't have to rely on a rival to let you into the playoffs because you quote unquote deserve it. I, I would have been mad had the Eagles done the same thing uh, and the Cowboys won the game against the Giants and the, the playoffs were on the line. But at the end of the day, the Giants and the Cowboys didn't do enough to get into the playoffs on their own. And sorry, relying on the Eagles, a team that hates you and that wouldn't want to do you any favors. Sorry, that's just that's not how the, the NFC East works. But no, I, I don't think Doug Peterson did it as a middle finger to the Giants or the Cowboys. Um I think he was doing it in the best interest of the team. The way in which he went about it, I don't think was great. Um, and if you're going to tank, just say you're going to tank uh, and say it was about draft position. I think uh, obviously that wouldn't have played well with the media um, and, and just how um, you know, the rest of the league would have seen it. But you know, there, I, I don't really see a problem with that. And plus, you know, the, the, the discord was already there. There was already damaged the, the relationship was already damaged to a point where it was untenable moving forward i don't think that decision really made much of an impact on the decision to fire doug peter the decision to, to bench jalen hurts that did not m have much of an impact on the decision to fire doug peterson and if you believe what jeff lurie and harry roseman said that decision had had nothing to do with it i i feel like it had to have something to do with it though because it when you go from there's some discord on the team before a decision to players having to be physically restrained from fighting the head coach on the sidelines because of one decision that's got to factor into it i think that was more a symptom rather than a cause though where i think that decision just kind of revealed what was already going wrong with the eagles it didn't cause the eagles to get worse than they already were and so in that sense, maybe, yeah, maybe that was kind of the 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 last decision in a, a laundry list of bad decisions and other things that went wrong with the Eagles and specifically with Doug Peterson this year. But I don't think the Eagles were planning on keeping him until he did that. And then they said, oh, shoot. Yeah, this guy ain't doing good for us. Let's get rid of him. I just I just have so, such a hard time when a coach I mean, and and we don't know, maybe there was like. We don't know exactly what was going on, and it looks like he was. It looks like it was a, a. I don't want to say a purposeful loss, but it looks like he wasn't trying to win the game anymore. And to me, as a head coach, that's not your decision to make. Like you, nope. You can leave that up to the front office, but I, I think that almost justifies the, the move a little bit. Like because originally I'm thinking if it was either Doug Peterson or Carson Wentz. 
I mean, at some point with with Carson Wentz's attitude towards the end of the year and and what Jalen Hurts was doing, to me, it's like, well, why would you not just try to cut ties with Carson Wentz? And of course, that's going to be expensive. But like getting rid of Doug Peterson didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. But if I'm in upper management or if I'm even a player and and my coach is like seemingly making the decision to lose the game, I would be so pissed off and I'd be like, no, don't worry about the draft picks. Go out and win a football game. Like that's your job is to go coach and win a football game. Why are you worried about the draft picks like that? I just have a, I kind of have an issue with that sort of tanking anyways. And oh, yeah. that's just tanking is a problem. Yeah. I think the backlash around it, though, and particularly what what got me and what particularly got Nick so upset uh, were all of the New York Giants fans and, and former players saying oh, e- Eagles shouldn't have lost it because of them. We're not in the playoffs as if the Eagles owed the Giants. Right. anything. Yeah. I think that that's ju- that's just stupid. It's, like um, you said, it's it wasn't up to also, the Giants, Giants yeah. fans. You would not have won the next right. game anyways. No. You would have gotten the opportunity to be creamed. You should be happy you didn't make it because now you get a nice draft pick and didn't suffer the embarrassment that is the first round of the playoffs. Although the Giants have proven to be Tom Brady's kryptonite, so who knows. (laughs) Um, But yeah, but I think... that that was my biggest issue with the entire uh, news cycle surrounding that loss is as if the Eagles owed anyone anything else. No, they didn't. Giants fans should suck it up. I do think tanking is a problem. And that was particularly when the NFL decides to flex that game into the Sunday night position. And had that game been played at noon, like it was originally scheduled to be, we wouldn't be talking about it. Not nearly as much as we are now. But since it was on national television Mm -hmm. and the Eagles decided to tank then. Yeah, that was kind of dumb. So I think that was kind of a a dumb move by the NFL to move that game to primetime. But then, yeah, of course, you know, teams, fans and and players both want to see their team win. I don't like watching my favorite team lose. It's stupid and I hate it. (laughs) And so from from that standpoint, Peterson, from that, from that standpoint, the Eagles did owe something to someone and that was to their fans after a, Garbage season after so much drama and and turmoil throughout the course of the previous 16 weeks, the Eagles were in position to kick in the front teeth of a division rival after all that they had been through. They owed the fans and their players that much to try to try and win a game. That is the biggest embarrassment here. As a team, as uh, as a head coach, Anthony, I totally agree with you. You should not be worried about draft picks. Mm-hmm. When the Cowboys entered December at three and nine, and then went three and one to finish the season at six and ten, I wasn't upset that we lost a top five draft pick and are now picking ten. I was like, heck yeah, this team looks competent. This is fun. We're actually winning games. And that's the point of, of sports. It's it's to be competitive and, and to have fun. And so from that standpoint, yeah, I think Doug Peterson in particular should be ashamed of himself, should be embarrassed. But to say that the Eagles owed anyone other than themselves and their fans a win there is ridiculous. There's also a big difference between choosing before a week 17 game when you are four and 11 to put in the backups to start some guys and get them experience there's a difference between that and making the decision to pull your starting quarterback on the last drive of the game oh, down yeah. by four. Yeah. Big it's, it difference seems- there. Because, like, the Vikings started backups in their last week. Like, get the guys some experience. But they weren't down by a score against a division rival and then pulled everyone. Yeah. And put in Nate Sudfeld. It seems like a, it was an emotional response. And, and maybe that's yep. what makes me think it was, like, a, a tiny little middle finger behind the back to the people watching in the boxes like oh yeah look at me i have control and then they were like oh you want to do a middle finger well i'm gonna do a middle finger to your contract and i'm going to get rid of you (laughs) but i don't know i think that the nfl is gonna have a really interesting uh like finale to this season and then off season uh because like all the drama with deshaun watson now 
in Houston and like talk about a dumpster fire. Houston right now is thank you uh, to Bill O'Brien. But like not only God. is there fire <laughs> in the dumpster, I think the dumpster is actually on fire itself and it's in another dumpster that is also on fire. So like it is just inception of dumpster fire happening and like he's he's saying he wants to leave and he's i mean he's a national championship winner he can be really good there's talks about him maybe going to the saints um i don't know like the the offseason is going to be huge and the jaguars just uh just hiring urban meyer too and getting going to get trevor lawrence i don't know Okay. The, All right. This no, br- I want to talk about that. This, 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 br- this brings up a, an, in, an interesting question. Um, I, was, I was reading somewhere uh, a, I think it was on Bleacher Report, an article written basically saying that the Texans are the new Browns and that they are just so out of sorts. They are so messed up because of what Bill O'Brien did that they might be in the cellar for quite some time. So of the Texans, the Jets, and the Jaguars. Who is the worst off? It's it's, it's not the Jaguars. I think the Jaguars are are the best out of the three, but I I would have to agree that I think it just yeah the the yeah, they're, where they're they started the, the so starting bad. points are so different. Like the Jets have been consistently this and have even regressed a little bit. Like the Texans were much above the jets and have started to regress so like they're starting to slip down the slope and and are are declining but the jets are just have been at the bottom of the slope and are continuing to find and dig new bottoms to the slope because they are so low (laughs) i a couple things on this topic one um there are four quarterbacks this season four who over a three-game stretch Threw for eight touchdowns and one or less interceptions. And that is Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, and Deshaun Watson. Over those stretches, those quarterbacks went 3-0, and 3-0, 3-0, and 1-2. And that sums up all the problems with Houston. That they have a quarterback who I am fairly confident in saying is one of the premier quarterbacks if not like a top three quarterback in the league he doesn't get the same eyes because he plays for a team that cannot win football games yeah I th- he i think and i'm so i get mad thinking about it because jj watt and deshaun watson are two of the best players currently playing the game and they are being yeah. wasted by a team that doesn't seem interested in winning football games I'd have to agree with that. A team that that seems interested in actively losing football games. In purposefully getting rid of players, except for the two best. Like, they they had three of the best players in the league until they traded one of them for a guy who hasn't played a full season ever. (laughs) He did pretty well for me in fantasy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, Also on this topic, so jumping from the Texans to Jacksonville, and I'll hit the Jets in a moment. But Jacksonville, Urban Meyer, all right? Former coach of Ohio State. Does he take Trevor Lawrence? Or does he take a guy who's going to be probably pretty familiar with his coaching style and maybe uh, his scheme, and does he get Justin Fields? Do do the Jaguars pull? Well, was it the, was it the Cardinals who did this a few years ago? where the the Jaguars make it seem like they're going to draft Trevor Lawrence, like they're they're just streamlining it, and scare a team like the Jets into trading up one spot for the number one pick. What, what to, you're talking about is is Mitch Trubisky for the Bears yes. with San Francisco. Because yes. San Francisco is like, we're going to draft Mitch Trubisky. You're not going to get him, Bears. Bears are like, oh, we're going to give you everything for one spot up. And San Francisco is like, that we were literally weren't even going to try. We were getting Jimmy Garoppolo the whole time. See yeah, ya. so do do the Jaguars do that, get a buttload of talent and draft picks, and then also just get the quarterback they're going after regardless? I mean, it makes sense. It would be such a smart move because Justin Fields is good and is familiar with Urban Meyer. And the Jets have made it clear they want Trevor Lawrence. I don't, I don't know. Like, it's, to me, the the amount 
the the sheer amount of time we've talked about Trevor Lawrence being far and away the number one pick compared to Justin Fields really coming on the scene in a, in a big way this year, I feel like Trevor Lawrence is going to go first overall. And and I think like I don't I don't know if Urban Meyer has any I don't I don't know what the right word is like loyalty or, or commitment to Ohio State and wants to think about that like to me I feel like uh, Trevor Lawrence is almost going to be better for Urban Meyer just because he likes to spread things out and I feel like Trevor Lawrence is a better passer than Justin Fields is but um, that could, you know that could be totally wrong and I could be Colin cowherding myself right now but um, <laughs> I, I just think I, I with how much there's been talk about Trevor Lawrence being far and away the best. I, I just don't think there's any way that he drops to number two. And would it be totally a Jets thing to do to like trade up and Justin Fields is then a Hall of Fame quarterback and the Jags get him and he's like one of the best quarterbacks of all time? It would totally be a Jets thing to do. Because think about how high some people were on Mitch Trubisky and I like look at what he is now. Versus Patrick yeah, Mahomes. Like, oh my goodness. <laughs> And I think that's an interesting point you bring up there too, Anthony. Like, yeah, I th- Trevor Lawrence is definitely the best quarterback coming into the draft class. But would you rather have Trevor Lawrence at the, or would you rather have Justin Fields, who is a step down, but then a bunch of other picks to surround uh, Fields with with premium talent? Yeah, because like, because if if the Jacksonville Jaguars trade down, the Jets are going to trade them so much. To make sure they get Trevor Lawrence, and it's really funny to me because the Jets put themselves in this scenario yeah. by winning the last three yeah. games of the season. That they, this, it didn't have to be this yeah. way. We didn't have to have this conversation, but now we do because they decided to uh, <coughs> turn on the Jets at the end of the season. Good one. I the Jets are so funny. They're so funny to me. I, I can't stop thinking about them, even when I want to. And now that they've gotten rid of the quarterback whisperer, Adam Gase, uh, <laughs> who whispered into Sam Darnold's ear everything he needed to be worse, Seriously. and then destroyed the team around him just for, for giggles, because he thought it was fun, he is now jobless. And the Jets have hired San Francisco defensive coordinator Robert Sala, who I personally think will be a good head coach. Um, I I don't know that the Jets will be good because sometimes you need more than just a head coach. You also need a, to field a team that is good at playing good football, point. which I do not think the Jets are currently capable of doing. But yet I've been wrong. Many times. In fact, more wrong than I have been right. Um, I think the but I the Salah guy is that how you say his name? last name Salah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Salah. Salah. Isn't it Salah? Yeah. The guy from Salah. the 49ers. Um, I yeah. to me he gives me like he gives me Ron Rivera vibes. How it's it's almost like he seems like a culture guy, and and he's yep. He's the guy who's always super intense and clapping and going out and getting his players hyped up and everything. He just like brings more from a from a team standpoint than someone like an Adam Gase does or even um, I don't know. To, I mean, even like an Urban Meyer at some point. Like, I just think when when we were talking about Ron Rivera before the year, like we were saying, this is the perfect guy to go in and and just like establish normalcy and consistency and culture there. And he did, and he honestly is, in my opinion, probably the coach of the year just because of everything that's gone on with Washington, all the distractions, and then having Alex Smith come back too and and all that led, and then making the playoffs. Like, of course, it's playoffs with an asterisk because they won that division, but still, it's like, to me, Ron Rivera was just like established some consistency and some some normalcy, and I think that uh, the new head coach, for the Jets, will <laughs> Salah, 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 Salah. Well, I think he will bring that as well. So maybe that's what I, they need instead of this offensive mastermind, uh, Adam Gase, who then goes ahead and just poops everywhere on the entire team. So I don't know. Maybe that'll be better for uh, for New York. 
I, I, they, I'm totally in agreement. Like, Sala is definitely like, look at what he did in San Francisco. The San Francisco defense for quite some time was pretty dominant. Like, they're a, they're a good defense. And a lot of that is scheming, but also a lot of that is culture. And I think the Jets have no culture right now. <laughs> they're a team that is, of, of every team in the NFL, they're probably the most uh, white bread team, where they go out there and they could be called a football team, I guess. I don't know that they necessarily believe it, uh, but they... They're wearing pads and helmets, and there's 11 of them on that field, so they could be a they football be. team, I guess. Um, but I, I think bringing in a guy who's not this, this strategic scheming mastermind, because you, if you have that, you need to bring a culture with it, and Adam Gase yeah, did not. the opposite of that. Like, you look at the, the few offensive minds that have become kind of this prototypical coach aka Sean McVay Sean McVay is an offensive genius mastermind whatever he also brings a crazy yeah. intense culture <laughs> like that is what makes him good because players buy into it no one buys into Adam Gase not well, a single was, person Peyton so I does. think <laughs> well, Peyton Manning was Peyton Manning was already good. That's the thing <laughs> is that Peyton Manning bought into his own culture with the knowledge that he is the best quarterback currently <laughs> playing in the NFL, so he could do whatever he wanted. Bringing in a guy who is a culture focused, like let's build a team that actually, uh, just occasionally desires to win a football <laughs> game, and that is going to be good for them because I think like you watch the Jets you can watch them play football and you can just see it on everyone's body language that they don't want to yeah. be there like they would rather not because they know what's coming they know they're going to lose and towards the end of the season it picked up a little bit and I think if they can carry that and have an actual like <laughs> head coach that cares about more than I don't even know what Adam yeah. Gase cares about. That's a good He's, question. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, think, I think they could be in a decent spot. However, they're still a bad football team, and I don't know that they're going to be getting better. Do you so. think – so let me ask you guys this then. Do you think that the Jaguars or the Jets end up with a better record next year? Jaguars. Jaguars. 100%. Okay, Glad we're all on the same page. There are the Jaguars had an had a bad season because they're not a great team. Um but I think that the whole organization in general is more focused on rebuilding than the Jets are because the Jaguars collapse came fast. They used to be good. They Dude, they were yeah. good and then they got a little bad and then they purposefully it collapsed. Is as a in rebuilding a effort. They collapsed in it like... In a season. Yeah. One season. The Jets have just kind of been slowly declining. Like, their peak... So, Jaguars' peak was the defense that we saw make it to the AFC Championship yep. game. The Jets' peak was Mark Sanchez about <laughs> oh, 10 geez. years before that. <laughs> oh. The fact that both of these teams hit their peak about a decade apart and are now at the same point Jaguars are going to bounce back a lot farther because the Jets have just been riding yeah. the decline for so long. And now they have to compete with Miami, who's good, because they decided to actually yeah. build a football yeah. team. I, do, I don't see the Jets. I don't see the Jets coming back. Yeah, I, I don't really have much else to add. Yeah, just the, the Jaguars are not a much better run organization because you're They've only had, what, one winning season in the last decade or so? Yeah, they almost but, went to the Super Bowl because of it. And then it's just everything else has been mediocrity yeah. after that. <laughs> yeah, but they've had more success more recently than the Jets have. And the Jets are just hemorrhaging talent and who knows what's going on. So I think they're I, at least a more intentionally run organization. Yes. I, the Jets seem to be fine being the worst New York team, which is actually a difficult thing to do because the other New York team is also they're not fighting very good. for it. Yeah, like they're it's a that's the most they intense 
one of the most intense battles on the East Coast is who is going to be the worst team that has New York <laughs> in their name, you know? Because the best team, future Super Bowl champions, has, has already been decided. So it's the worst team that they're <laughs> they're vying for. And you know what I think is is key is something that we're overlooking here as as really good analysis is that um, the the difference in mustaches of the ownership <laughs> is is honestly I think what is going to make the Jaguars a better team. Like, and and this yeah. mustache has been sustained for a while. It's one thing. So it's Saeed Khan, I believe is how you pronounce his name. That's what Shahid. Shahid Khan. Okay. So he has done this mustache. I'm I just looked up a picture of him online. Every picture it's an has that mustache. mustache. And, like, and I get it if it's like, oh, you know, I'm gonna do this. Ha ha, I'm gonna do this for a couple months, right? This dude is like, this is me. And and when you have that mustache, uh, that shows me, you know what, this guy knows what he's doing. That kind of for dedication. Sure. Yeah. That creativity, like that. and he's like, I'm going to do with a little whoop at the end, and I'm going to keep it, and that's going to be my everyday thing. That's like, yeah, and it's not, I'm going to wake up late. Mustache, but the, I'm going to wake up late on a Saturday, f- and I'm just going to do it because that's my everyday thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, and it's not just the mustache. I mean, the flow oh. he's got going on, too, is just impeccable. It's fantastic. Yeah. How do you, how do you sit down and, and, not love enjoying the time you spend with that guy just looking at him like come on <laughs> I, like there's not a picture now, without that mustache i'm literally looking on google i'm scrolling everywhere there is no picture without that mustache it's fantastic but that's you know that's the q4 analysis i thought we were missing there so now we've talked for a while or i've talked for a while i guess about the Jaguars and my theory that they will be moving to London. I don't know that I hold that theory anymore because they're no longer uh, the, they, they are currently the worst record in football, but I still in my mind do not think of them as the worst yeah. team. And I, it's, it's, it's weird thinking that, but the Jets, we talked about them fighting for worst team in New York. Now, the way to prevent being the worst team in New York is to take the Jets and move them to Old York. <laughs> <laughs> they'll be the worst team in York, but it'll just be the old worst version. team in York. They'll also be the best but team in be York. The only team in York. And I think that's the strategy. I think that's what you do. You take the Jets, they're already primed for overseas travel because they're the Jets. Jaguars can't fly. They got to swim all the way to York. <laughs> can't do it. The Jets. They will go to York. That's a. This is the. And this devolved so quickly into complete bull. (laughs) But I think I think the Jets they move. What's left for them in New York? Everyone in New York thinks they're dumb. I think they need. No, actually, I I have uh, my coworker, one of our sports reporters at at KRCG thirteen, is from New York, is a, a Jets fan. A uh, poor man. Poor, oh, poor, those poor. exist. Yeah. I didn't yeah. think Jets fans right? existed. Yeah. To I, be completely honest I, with I, you, I, I thought, felt like they're like Cincinnati fans. Were like, we've heard rumors <laughs> that they're real, but I I haven't seen any it's confirmation. Such a good relation, I, Cincinnati yeah. too, because that's so yeah. true. <laughs> I I thought Vikings fans were the most self-loathing. <laughs> no, no, we we have nothing, nothing on New York Jets yeah. fans. I. I um, Kevin, if you're listening, sorry, man. It's a, it's a different type of heartbreak I, that we've talked about before. I, moving to to the other teams we just mentioned, which is Cincinnati, and how I'm thinking about when I think New York fans, I think New York Giants fans. I do not think that New York Jets fans exist, except for Kevin. <laughs> in the same way that people from Cincinnati, I just are not people from Ohio. I just kind of assume they're Browns fans. Even when the Browns were going 0-16 and the Cincinnati Bengals were going 8-8, eight and eight, I was still, anytime I thought of Ohio, I thought of That's the Cleveland Browns. I did not think ever about the Bengals. They, they do not come across my mind as a team that is from Ohio. They come across my mind as a team that kind of floats in the ether. <laughs> and occasionally someone who is without a team to root for says, they look cool. They watch one game and they say, eh, maybe not. <laughs> I think the Bengals have such a cool, like, compare, comparing the, 
mascots, if you will, or like the team names. So the Jets are dumb. Like, what is their logo? It's like, it's just they need a whole rebranding. And in a way, I think the whole Washington drama almost helped Ron Rivera because it was like, here we go, fresh start. But the Jets, like, what even are, what do they look like? Like, what are they? But the Bengals are like this black and orange and they have the the stripes on the helmets or used to. I don't know if they do anymore. Like, that's such a cool color scheme. And they have like a really good base. But then you look at the Jets and it's like, it's just green and there's an oval with the word Jets in it. And that's like, <laughs> why not just completely rip it and, and make it even more like the Winnipeg Jets? Because at least that looks cool. But now you just like, I feel like that's, they need a total rebranding and just need to try again because it's not working right now obviously now they take they need to take a bold new approach to naming football mm-hmm. teams right we have the washington football team and we're probably going to be getting something similar to the cleveland yep. baseball team new york jets need to take it a step further they will just be the new yep. york it has to be something singular <laughs> they won't even there won't be any noun in there at all they are just like you go to a new york game and you say, I'm going to a New York game because that's all they are. They are just the New York. Yeah, I think, or there's something like, is it, uh, I'm going to I'm gonna screw it up now. Is, is it the Connecticut whale? That's not right. Yeah, the Connecticut whale. Okay. Conne- yes. So like, I mean, we've, we've talked about Bill, the Puma. Like we, if you need ideas, New York, the New York. We are yeah, here for come you. Come talk to us. We, we can Honestly, figure it out. We can, we can we hash should, it out in a day. A pot of coffee in a day. We and can while have, you're here, sell yeah, us the yeah, team. We, we <laughs> should get every single team without a name and just name them all Bill. And have there Bill the Puma <laughs> be the mascot for all of them. We'll kind of like monopolize. It's just one yeah, collective organizer. Yep. Okay. All right. Now hear me out. You know how there are people who own several teams, right? Like Stan Kroenke. <laughs> he owns several sports teams okay yeah so we take ownership of several sports teams but instead of keeping them as separate organizations we make them mm-hmm. into one and we slowly they are just one team it just happens to also be a baseball team and a football team and a soccer team and an <laughs> ice hockey team like everything we just take over this is this is a good idea, yeah. guys. Because then you have brand consistency across <laughs> every avenue. All right? I Would we agree. be able to create a league with all of our teams and cre- make up some totally random sport? that just So if we have a hockey team, a soccer team, a football team, a baseball team, we have them play something like, I, I don't know what the name of it would be, but just... Beifu Basscock. <laughs> All right, thanks for joining us, and uh, we uh, we appreciate you 14 viewers, and I think we're going to wrap after that word. Um, that's, that is the sport we play. Beifu Basscock. I think that's also our new hashtag. For, for some reason, for some reason, I feel like that's inappropriate to just say that word. Like that I just, know, I said it, and I was like, man, yeah, do I need to bleep, bleep this that out? It feels, it feels dirty. Like, I, I'm examining oh it. And it, it, there's nothing yep. in there, but it feels like that's not a word that's allowed to be yep. said. I have come across one of the illegal words. <laughs> You're not allowed to combine sports. Oh my lord! The Beifu how, how are you remembering uh, what you said? I like. Yeah, I had to. I had to write it down as soon as you said it, just so I could remember it. <laughs> wow, that's baseball, football, basketball, hockey, soccer. Beifu Basscocker. <laughs> Oh man, that was that was I was not expecting that to come out. I don't think anyone could have expected anything remotely similar to that. The world's first Beifu Basscocker team, the Bill. The Bill. It's just the Bill because it's in it's in multiple cities, right? We'll have Washington Bill, we'll have the Cincinnati Bill, we'll have the New York Bill. So the whole team will just be called the Bill. It is, it is the collective bill. <laughs> collective bill. And we will get Pitbull to represent us because he is Mr. Mr. Worldwide. Worldwide. <laughs> and we, will, we will get... This is a good brand, you guys. This is a good idea. This is a better idea than we've had in a long time, I think. Yeah. We, have to, we also, you know, of course, we'll have the Cleveland bill 
because they're rebranding but we also have to add the astros in there and that'll just be kind of our like when we've had a rough day then we'll go make decisions for the astros and just stress relief <laughs> that way and just you know what we're actually gonna okay. play with five guys now, tonight so good luck now hear me out we have both teams the houston astros and the cleveland baseball team we named them both the bill and they still play in the mlb and occasionally they'll play each other It'll be the Cleveland Bill versus the Houston Bill. <laughs> and they're owned by the same people. They share the same roster. And we will give one pitcher to Houston. <laughs> Good and luck. And that's it. It'll just be one pitcher. And this is a great idea because if you combine them, you have one roster, double the size. So you put all the premier talent from this roster on one of them. And then you give the rest to the other. Houston will never win a baseball game again. <laughs> and we will be maniacally laughing and, and like touching our fingers together, you know, like I don't know how to describe that. <laughs> as they're losing games that we set up for them to lose. And it won't ever not be fun. It will it will constantly never. be fun for the rest of time. And then and then maybe someday, you know, when when we're old and we have grandkids, they'll be like, Hey, grandpa TJ, maybe you could let the Astros win and we'll be like, Well, let me sit you down. And, and have a discussion about the 2017 Houston Astros. And let's just remind everyone why why this needs to happen. The year is 2070. The Houston <laughs> Astros have not won a game in the last 40 years. And it's all because of us. It's and that's how, honestly, that's what I want my legacy to be. I, I want to be the guy that has destroyed and continues destroying the Houston Astros. Like oh, That'd be awesome to be remembered that way. Oh, heck yeah. Oh, my gosh. Oh, weird turn. My weird yeah. turn. So, so b before we sign off here, uh, we need to revisit the CJ Ham hashtag. Uh, he didn't make the pro. He Bowl, didn't. And I'm upset about yeah. it. Yeah. Because uh, name, name a fullback that's better than CJ. Name, name three other fullbacks. <laughs> I can't. I like exactly. Yeah. You just can't. But that's a separate discussion. Yeah. But uh, so uh, it has been decided that WeJ for CJ uh, <laughs> is a decidedly stupid hashtag. <laughs> uh, Forgot about WeJ for CJ. Uh, so we did have a couple of suggestions come in from the lovely uh, Ponchi brothers. Uh, one was Optimus Swine and the other was <laughs> Ham Stanwich because we we stand cj ham but it's also like a ham sandwich uh i personally like the uh ham sandwich because we have talked about standing things before on this podcast so it just kind of flows consistently i did i did use that word the other day too I, i'm trying to remember what i used it about but i i thought about you guys because i was like yeah they, they taught me what the word stand means and i used it correctly and i felt pretty proud of myself so Oh, nice. I mean, that was like over a year Welcome ago. Welcome to the Q4 podcast, your gateway to internet yeah, culture. Like, as I have said many times before, we are truly the Renaissance podcast. Mm -hmm. Nothing really like are. us, for sure. I... Um, and also, CJ Ham, you're welcome on the show anytime. anytime. We know you're listening. Anytime, you're welcome to come on. Of the 20 views or the 20 listens we get on a weekly basis, I am 15 and CJ Ham is 5. I think that's. <laughs> Now you're 15. We got CJ Ham, Tony Romo oh, listens, yeah. obviously, um, <clears throat> and then three other unnamed NFL players no, they're all, also listen they're to the show. They have asked to be re remain anonymous until the right yeah. time. To bring <laughs> they're, they're all Bob Costas in disguise, really. <laughs> Bob, Bob Costas. Bob, Bob Costas actually listens uh, without cashing cookies, so it doesn't track <laughs> if he listens or not. <laughs> Oh man. Uh, he doesn't want to see us to see that he listens a hundred times a week. <laughs> hashtag Romo twenty twenty, hashtag go Browns, hashtag Teddy got signed, hashtag spoof for boof, hashtag Kevin, hashtag Jolt the Bolts, hashtag Cobb Bostas, hashtag heck off Stan, hashtag plug me in, hashtag WTF WFT, hashtag Bill the Puma, hashtag it wing, hashtag ham sandwich, hashtag Bayfu Baskocker. <laughs> <laughs> Big weekend for the Bills and the Browns. Can't wait to reconvene and talk about how great they both did this weekend. Yeah. Yep. You'll hear you'll hear from us again. And it'll probably involve misery about the yeah. Cleveland Browns. Because any team that we put our uh, collective efforts behind is going to fail spectacularly. <laughs> That's just how it goes. 
Uh, so thank you for joining us here on the Q4 podcast. Follow us on Twitter at the Offside SN. Follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash the Offside Sports Network. Um, yeah. Offside Sports Oh, yeah. <clears throat> the website I still have not updated in weeks. <laughs> We're going to add new episodes there eventually. But until then, you can find us on Anchor, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and a bunch of other ones that I didn't know existed. But we're there. We're on them. You can listen. Uh, thanks. And we'll see you next time.